Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In the Teutoburg Forest, in southern Germany, stands a 53-metre-high monument of a warrior with sword held aloft. It was built in the 19th century, around the time of German unification, to commemorate a victory of Germanic tribes over the Roman Empire, which had helped prevent a takeover of their lands. On the sword is inscribed the words, Deutsche Einigkeit meine Starke, meine Starke Deutschlands Macht. German unity is my strength. My strength is Germany's might. Welcome to a history of Europe. Key battles. The Battle of the Teutoburg Forest of AD 9. Part 1 of 2. In the year AD 9, the Roman Empire was under the rule of its first emperor, Augustus. Since the time of the Battle of Zama in 202 BC, in the previous podcast, when she defeated the army of Hannibal and his fellow Carthaginians, Rome had gone from strength to strength. In 146 BC, a Roman army completely destroyed the city of Carthage at the end of the Third Punic War and secured total control of the western half of the Mediterranean. The eastern half also became dominated by Rome after her victories over the Greeks in the same year. The Italian peninsula, its people all conquered and or assimilated, enjoyed a period of relative peace. But in 113 BC, a serious threat for Rome came from beyond the Alps, when a large group of Germanic tribes left their home by the Baltic and marched southward into Italy. Rome was supremely confident of its military power. On the other hand, bitter memories still lingered of an invasion from the north many years before, In 390 BC, an army of Celts had descended from Gaul, modern-day France, and sacked the city of Rome. This disaster traumatised the Romans for generations, and impressed on them the need to provide better protection of their northern border, which encouraged their takeover of the land lying south of the Alps, an area they called Cisalpine Gaul. It is the reason why this latest invasion was taken very seriously. The only information we have on the Germans is from the Romans and Greeks who looked down on them as savage barbarians. As an illiterate, semi-nomadic people, they left no written records and left few archaeological traces. We don't know, for example, to what extent they had a sense of common identity. We do know they lived in northern Europe in a band from the Baltic to the Danube and were pushing southwards against the Celts of central Europe. In contrast to the wandering Germans, the Celts were settled on farms and settlements. Despite their cultural differences, there was probably considerable intermingling among the two peoples, something strongly suggested by the similarities in their languages. The type of warfare conducted by the Germanic tribes 
was typically small-scale and involved single battles rather than organised campaigns. The reasons for fighting were often revenge or the upholding of personal honour. Strategy was limited, confined to village raids and ambush tactics. As for weapons, since iron was not mined there, most swords and spears were imported and were generally of poor quality. We don't know exactly what triggered the Germanic migration of 113 BC. Perhaps they suffered from flooding and famine and were searching for land to settle on. Anyhow, the initial group was joined by additional tribes along the way, so that by the time they approached Italy, they were about 300,000 strong. Rome sent a force northwards in response to a request for help from an allied Celtic tribe in today's southern Austria. But the numbers of the enemy had been greatly underestimated, and the Roman army was defeated. For the next few years, the German invaders drifted westwards, unable to find somewhere to settle, and occasionally sacking settlements. The Romans tracked their progress warily until 105 BC, when they launched another attack to try and get rid of the troublesome invaders. This time, the army sent was much larger, but again the Romans lost. Livy claims that the total number of Roman casualties in this battle was 80,000. If true, it would make it one of the worst defeats Rome had ever suffered. However, the Romans showed great resilience. As in the war against Carthage, they demonstrated an amazing ability to bounce back from setbacks. In 102 BC, the Germans made the fatal mistake of separating their forces and were set upon by a force led by Gaius Marius. This time the Romans were victorious and massacred their enemy, enslaving any survivors. The threat was finally dealt with. The next significant event in Rome's relations with her northern neighbours was the conquest of Gaul by Julius Caesar half a century later. It took eight years to overcome the various Gallic tribes and put down a series of rebellions. By 51 BC, Gaul had been successfully integrated into Roman territory, though an army remained stationed there to quell any further outbreaks of resistance. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Caesar's murder in 44 BC led to the downfall of the Roman Republic in a bitter civil war from which was born the Roman Empire. His adopted son and heir, Augustus, became first emperor of Rome and promoted the continued expansion of Roman territory, which now stretched from Spain and Gaul in the west across the entire Mediterranean coastline to Asia Minor and Egypt in the east. Any further conquests would give glory to both the general who won the battle and the emperor. In the words of the contemporary poet Virgil, quote, Roman, remember by your strength to rule the earth's people. End quote. The stepsons of Augustus, 
Tiberius and Drusus led the push into Central Europe, commanding armies which subjugated the peoples north of Italy in the areas approximately of modern-day Switzerland and Austria, up to the River Rhine. There were always three stages in the process of integration of each area into the Empire. The first was a campaign of intimidation and sizing up the enemy, calculating how determined and how effective any resistance would be. Secondly came conquest. Large Roman armies trudged through the land, confronting native opposition with brute force. Thirdly came the policy of civilization, involving the establishment of permanent Roman-style settlements and roads, and the imposition of taxes. Germania was the next obvious area to expand into. The same pattern began there, starting with the building of several forts along the Rhine, and parties of Roman civilians filtering across the river and establishing settlements. We have a number of accounts from the campaign from the Roman side. The earliest surviving account was written only 15 years after the Battle of Teutoborg by a retired cavalry officer named Paterculus. His first-hand knowledge of Germania is very valuable, although not given the same level of credit as our next source, Tacitus. Son-in-law of the governor of Britain, and then consul, Tacitus wrote, among other works, a book dedicated to Germania and its people, although he does not write about the Battle of Teutoborg directly. The third important source is Cassius Dio, who did provide a detailed account of the battle. And finally, there is a work by the Roman historian Florus, although this is known to contain some errors and inconsistencies. In the summer of 17 BC, three Germanic tribes, unhappy about incursions in their lands, began to attack Romans settling in Germania. They then crossed the Rhine and started raiding into Gaul. There they came across and ambushed a Roman cavalry unit. Chasing the fleeing horsemen, they ran into General Marcus Lollius, the commander of the 5th Legion, who had been out on patrol with a small party of men. The most embarrassing aspect of the ambush from the Roman side was the capture of the 5th Legion standard. When Lollius mobilised his troops, the Germans withdrew to their territory, made peace overtures and gave hostages as good faith. But it was too late for reconciliation. Roman now had the excuse it needed to invade. After all, no one could be allowed to defy Rome and remain unpunished. So in 13 BC, Augustus sent Drusus to the Rhine to lead the invasion. The 25-year-old commander first conducted reconnaissance and occupied himself with supply and communications. He commissioned the building of more forts along the Rhine, two of which became the modern-day cities of Strasbourg and Mainz. He then established his headquarters at Fort Vetera, from which he launched his military campaigns. For the first two years, Drusus campaigned during spring to autumn before returning to the safety of Gaul in the winter. On their way back to Gaul in 10 BC, Drusus's legions were ambushed by the Germans. Cassius Dio described the event as follows, quote, The enemy harassed him everywhere, once they shut him up in a narrow pass and all but destroyed his army, end quote. However, the Germans lost the advantage by becoming overconfident. Cassius continues, quote, This led to their being worsted, after which they were no longer so bold, but kept up a petty annoyance of his troops from a distance while refusing to come nearer, end quote. Drusus, however, recovered well from this incident. 
For the next two years he advanced deep into Germania, conquering with difficulty the areas he entered and defeating the forces that attacked him after considerable bloodshed. However, on his way back to Rhine in 8 BC, the commander fell from his horse, broke his leg and died from his injuries. But this would not stop the war. Drusus's place was taken by his younger brother, Tiberius, for the next two years, and then a series of different commanders. Their remit was to push further east into Germania through military conquest while organising the consolidation of lands already gained in the west. It was a long, hard and bloody campaign, but good, steady progress was made. Recent excavations have shed new light on the extent of Roman settlement building in Germany at this time, and how they were clearly intended to be permanent. The process of Romanization is backed up by a comment from Cassius Dio. Quote, the barbarians were adapting themselves to Roman ways, were being accustomed to hold markets and were meeting in peaceful assemblages. They had not, however, forgotten their ancestral habits, their native habits, their old life of independence, or the power derived from arms. Hence, so long as they were unlearning these customs, gradually, and by the way, as one may say, under careful watching, they were not disturbed by the change in their manner of life, and were becoming different without knowing it. End quote. By the turn of the millennium, the German's assimilation into the Roman lifestyle was patchy and far from complete, but it was well underway. Unfortunately for our story, when Tiberius moved on in 6 BC, the focus of the sources shifts away from Germany, so we know very little about what happened in the next decade. Next week, I will pick up the story in the years AD, when the veil lifts once more, and will conclude the story of the Battle of the Teutoburg Forest. Thank you for listening. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>